Welcome to Puckheads, your podcast for hockey talk in the NHL and around the globe. My name is Zach Smith, running solo tonight, Matt Rosenberg. Of course, my partner in this podcast was uh, unavailable, but we wanted to make sure we still got one out for you um, here on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a day of celebrating, a day of remembering um, his impact, his legacy on not just the United States, but the world. want to wish everyone a happy MLK Jr. Day. Um, challenge you all to to consider his, um, you know, what he stood for and what he lived his life out to be. Let's jump into the biggest news of the night, not just for us uh, Chicago homers, but um, really the biggest story in the NHL. Patrick Kane joins the 1,000-point club, the, uh, I believe, 90th player in NHL history to to join that uh, that elite status. Becomes the seventh active player, including Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Alexander Ovechkin, and Eric Stahl. Those are the seven active players currently. As I said, becomes the 90th player in league history to reach 1,000 points. He got it on an assist on a Brandon Saad goal in a Sunday night game against Winnipeg. Um, Patrick Kane, obviously, we've watched, as Matt and I have watched, as local um, Chicago fans. He's uh, He's been fantastic his whole career and um, was a great honor to be able to watch it live as it happens. He became the fourth Chicago Blackhawk to reach the 1,000-point mark following Stan Mikita, Bobby Hole, Dennis Savard. Um, obviously, Matt and I are, are big fans. Matt really um, just thinks thinks it's remarkable. You know, Patrick Kane shows that it doesn't matter how big you are, it doesn't matter what uh, your physical tools may be. Uh, he's adept at, you know, avoiding big hits throughout his career. He knows how to make the most in tight spaces. He's one of the most uh, exciting players to watch in the shootout. He just has... Uh, Vision like a chess player, he's three or four steps ahead, and uh, definitely a big congratulations to him on this milestone achievement. Jumping into the other big news uh, that happened over the weekend, Dougie Hamilton, the great defender for Carolina, breaks a bone in his left leg. Uh, they they didn't really have a, an exact timetable for his injury as of uh, earlier this afternoon on Monday, um, but with the surgery, it looks like he's he's going to be out for the season. It's a big blow to a, uh, a team that really is starting to put it together. Carolina currently in the final wild card position in the Eastern Conference. It's looking like he's going to be out for the season. It would be pretty miraculous if he was able to come back, uh, you know, even in the event that they make a postseason run. So a big loss for him and a really exciting player, one of the best young defensemen in the game, uh, an unfortunate injury for him and for really the rest of the Eastern Conference because, you know, you want these guys to be competitive. You want full teams to be playing as it gets close to this crunch time. So we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, Matt really wanted to touch on Connor McDavid because, look, he's just ridiculous. I mean, he's in his fourth season, and he's just absolutely phenomenal. He's been great since he started, and he just keeps getting better. It's hard to believe um, because he's arguably – the best player in the game today, and some would probably even argue by a wide margin. Um, seems like each each week we see a crazy highlight that he does, and again we say, what more can he do? What more can we expect from him? Um, the move that he put on Morgan Riley in Toronto the other night was just, <laughs> it's embarrassing to watch. And anyone who's played hockey knows that just how difficult it is to keep up um, with guys that are as special as McDavid. 
He's just phenomenal. So far in 49 games this season, he's got 27 goals, 49 assists. That's 76 points, uh, most in the league. You know, it's not by a wide margin. He's one point ahead of his teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, who definitely benefits from from playing on the same line as him. He's got 75 points. But look, McDavid is just, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's fair to say that he's the best in the game right now. And, um, you know, we'll look for what highlights he puts on as we get into the All-Star week here. Um, of course, one of the, the captains for his respective division. We're going to, you know, have a quick podcast tonight since it's just me. And uh, truthfully, there's not too much hockey news to get into. And it's, you know, All-Star week, so it's a slower week, less games. Uh, but did want to touch on one team that has just really been exciting to watch over the last week and uh, a team that both Matt and I expected to to be competitive, and they're finally getting to that point. That's the Florida Panthers, uh, the red-hot Florida Panthers. Four wins in a row. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. And just looking at some of the stats, I mean, they're eighth in goal differential. That's, of course, led with the uh, the big signing of Bobrovsky. He's finally starting to put it together after a bit of a rough start. Coach Q is uh, is getting those guys to where they need to be on the ice. You've got Jonathan Huberdeau. He's got 64 points. Of course, you have Barkov with 51 points. They're leading the way on the offensive end and have been, um, you know, really exciting to watch as young players. Of course, you have Ekblad on the defensive line. You got Keith Yandel. Uh, this is a team that's got a good combination of talented young players and savvy veterans. And of course, Coach Q, who, if you remember from a few weeks ago, Matt and I named our coach of the decade. Um, you know, this is a team that they're they're currently, I believe, third in their division. Um, they're, you know, they'd be in the playoffs today and they'd have a good chance at making a run. They've got the pieces. So they've been really exciting to watch. Honestly, my biggest, uh, I guess, area of concern for them is on the special teams and not the power play. They rank sixth right now. Um, so they've got an absolutely lethal power play. It's the penalty kill. I mean, they're number 20 on the penalty kill. That's not going to cut it when it comes to playoff hockey. They just need to get better. Uh, there's really you know, a lot of area for improvement there, but otherwise, I mean, statistically, eighth and goal differential, they're putting it together. They've got the pieces to make a run. Um, so we'll see what they are able to come up with and we'll see if they stay hot tonight. Currently they're playing, uh, I can't remember who they are playing off the top of my head, but last I checked, they were up 1-0, I believe Montreal in tonight's game. And then they've got a, a, a double back to back before this all-star break as they play Chicago tomorrow night. So We'll see if they can extend that to six heading into the All-Star break. And that's a good transition into our All-Star talk. Um, you know, Matt and I have been talking about some of the different um, events that the NHL has been proposing. Of course, you have the the fun kind of round-robin three-on-three games that they've done the last couple of years. You, of course, have the exciting skills challenges that um, they put together. We talked about that women's event that they want to do. Matt was showing me an article of they're doing uh, perhaps a trick shot from like the stands out of the actual rink. The NHL, look, we talk about it. They're doing great things to make All-Star Weekend more exciting. They're doing things to make the Winter Classic more exciting. They're they're growing that hockey base. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a great event. All-Star Weekend is always fun. Let's kind of look at some of the big names that are on these rosters. Of course, um, three-on-three round-robin style tournament. One team per division. The Atlantic, uh, head by David Pasternak, he's their captain. 
you've got the likes of Jack Eichel, who's just the, a very exciting um, young forward for the Buffalo Sabres. Victor Hedman, the, the savvy veteran for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's uh, probably their biggest, I would say, their, their biggest name on the defensive end. And then you got his teammate, Andre Vasilevsky, in net. Um, of course, one of the, the best goaltenders in the game. Those are kind of your big names from the Atlantic. Then you go down to the Metropolitan. Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins, the defenseman, is your captain. Of course, we talked about this last week. Alexander Ovechkin originally named the captain for the Metropolitan Division. He's decided to sit out the game. So Chris Letang moves into that spot. Of course, you have Matthew Barzal, who's starting to become a household name uh, as, as one of the top guys on the New York Islanders. John Carlson, the exciting uh, defenseman from the Washington Capitals, of course, uh, you know, was putting up points. And in the beginning of the season was right up there with Connor McDavid and, and Brad Marchand and Pasternak and Dryside and all those guys. He's just been great to watch. He's going to be on that Metro team. And then one of the best stories, I think, of, of this year, Tristan Jari, the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He'll be making his first all-star appearance, of course, with Murray in and out with injuries for those Penguins. He's been a great um, a great surprise, really, a guy who is putting it together is, is towards the top for goals allowed, uh, save percentage. He'll be making a trip there for the Metropolitan. Moving on to the Central, we've got Nathan McKinnon, your captain, uh, of course, the, the exciting and um, uber-talented, really, forward for the Colorado Avalanche. I believe he's fourth or fifth in points right now in the league. He's just fantastic. You have Ryan O'Reilly, the reigning Conn Smythe winner. He's going there, along with David Perron from the St. Louis Blues. There'll be some of your forwards there. Roman Yosey, I think the big-name defenseman on that team, of course, from the Nashville Predators, the struggling Predators, but nonetheless... Um, He's had a great year. And then you've got Jordan Bennington and Connor Hellebuck as your goaltenders. Really, a, a, what better duo can you name there? I mean, we all know what Bennington did last year. He's following it up this year. And then Hellebuck's having a good year for the Winnipeg Jets. <coughs> Excuse me. Going on to the Pacific, the uh, aforementioned Connor McDavid is your captain there. Uh, again, what's he going to do this year? I mean, he's phenomenal. He's exciting to watch. And really, what better pairing than him, Dreisaitl, and Elias Patterson, um, the the very exciting and, um, you know, I think surprisingly talented forward for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, not that we weren't expecting him to have this much success this early in his career, but man, does he just surprise you with, um, you know, great speed for his size. He's super talented in, in tight spaces. And as we see Vancouver starting to make, a, you know, a potential run towards the top of the Pacific, he's definitely a big part of that. Marci Giordano, the savvy veteran, defenseman for the Calgary Flames, and then his teammate David Riddich, who has been a great surprise this year. I mean, Calgary was a team that we weren't sure what their goaltending was going to look like this year. Were they going to be able to remain competitive with the guys they had back there? David Riddich has just been, um, you know, a great surprise. He's had a great year, and he's going to have, um, you know, a, a few awards that he's going to be in. Um, mentioned in the last few weeks of the season well deserved for him so those are some of your obviously not all the players in the all-star game but some of the big names you have to look forward to and some of the surprising names guys that you know are maybe known in their respective cities that they play for but will have a chance to become household names this this week and this weekend so looking forward to an exciting all-star week um as we said it's always exciting 
it's always a fun time to see the best of the best players, uh, you know, getting to play with your other favorite players as, as if it was a fantasy setup. Um, so we're looking forward to just a great week overall, uh, an exciting time for the fans, and of course some some good rest as we get towards the final few months stretch of the season, pushing towards the playoffs. Moving on to uh, a standard segment we have, Blackhawks talk. You know, it's Matt and I, we go back and forth through the first month or two of the season. Are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? Should we have faith in them? Just when you're ready to give them up, they start winning a couple games and they lose a couple and, and they're streak and they can't get any consistency. And we finally feel, okay, the, the season may be over. Let's just accept it so we don't deal with so much heartbreak. Then they win five in a row, uh, four wins last week. You know, the, they have the overtime win at Ottawa. They beat the Canadians pretty handily, 4-1 to one in Montreal, 6-2 at Toronto, and then, as I mentioned, 5-2 last night, hosting Winnipeg, where Kane gets his thousandth goal. Um, you know, five wins in a row, I believe it's the tied for the longest current streak in the NHL with the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, three points out of the wild card. Look, this team... Uh, for the injuries that they've had and the inconsistencies they've shown, uh, they they really have some heart that they're starting to play with. And it's, um, it's again, well, I don't want to get too drawn into it just because, you know, I have the fandom for this team. But, you know, they're, they're showing good signs. I mean, Matt mentions it well. They've got really good goaltending. We've, uh, we've mentioned that all season. Leonard and Crawford have been the most consistent pieces. That hasn't changed. Their top line has been clicking. Kubelik is on a hot streak. I mean, he's just been fantastic the last few weeks. The back end is now starting to score. Uh, the defense is playing solid, even with some of those injuries like DeHaan and Seabrook. It's crazy to me that they're in the playoff race right now. I mean, obviously, three points out. There's still a lot to, a lot of time to play. They're tied with Winnipeg right now, um, both being three points out. Look, the, the West is good. I mean, you look at some of those teams that they've gotten the division. Dallas is starting to play well. Of course, St. Louis is probably the, the best team in the West. Um, Dallas is is being competitive. Colorado is great. Um, they've got Nashville behind them, which, you know, they have the pieces to make a run, but they haven't shown any consistency or, or you know, haven't really given us any sign that they're going to make that push this is a team that can maybe make a run, and I'm not going to set it up um, that they are. You know, I still see them outside of the playoffs when that time comes, especially because you look at the Pacific, how deep they are with Vegas, Arizona, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. I mean, you've got five teams right there and only three guaranteed spots. The other two are going to be playing for wild card spots. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's. Um, it's interesting to say the least. We'll see if this uh, this bye week for them, you know, helps them or hurts them. Um, you know, sometimes when you're playing well and everything's clicking, you don't want it to stop. So let's see if they can sort of retool, rest up a little bit this week, get some good time off for the older players. Um, let these goaltenders rest because they've been playing on their head for the entire season. And um, you know, we'll see what happens coming out of the All Star break. We've been talking, too, are they going to make moves? Are they going to sell players off? Are they going to be buyers? It's interesting to see now that they're three points out, what's uh, Bowman and, and that ownership going to be looking to do. So 
exciting an exciting week certainly as a Blackhawks fan um let's hope it continues that's all we can hope for and you know if they're going to be competitive uh, and you know even if they make a wild card spot and they get knocked out first round that's still a season that you weren't expecting that's still great development for your young guys um you know so far we have to be pretty happy with how the season's going I would say so a little more positive and optimistic from our conversations the last few weeks as we talk about the Hawks and um, just the frustration that they've given us this season. All right, we're going to jump into the top three teams that we have um, starting in this week. I'll go through Matt's teams, then I'll start with my own. Matt has his number one team as the Washington Capitals. Look, they continue to just get it done. Um, there's no crazy buzz around them. They've just been consistent all year. And, you know, I think last week both Matt and I had them out of our number one spot, and they're right back in it for Matt. So, um, you know, there was a little more buzz about Boston and Tampa making a run. Um, it's a little weird. Matt says that Washington's not getting the kind of noise that these other top teams have gotten, but they just continue to be solid in all area of, areas of the game. Ovechkin now tied for ninth in all-time goals. Looks like he's going to reach the 700 mark this season. And will probably, you know, have a chance to get into close to the top five, um, if not this year, certainly next year. So a great, great um, season so far. Washington is Matt's number one team. Number two, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Look, this is a team that's been plagued by injuries all year. Um, especially when Gensel goes down, Crosby goes down, some inconsistencies with Murray and Nett. Now that Crosby's returned and this team was able to stay afloat without him, uh, really the sky's the limit. I mean, they had a, a tough game against Boston earlier in the week and then a great comeback win against Boston after being down three goals in the middle of the first period. This team, look, when you think they're out of it, they just, they crawl right back in. Um, you know, a few points behind Washington in that Metro division, but this team is good. They've got some some really great veterans. They're going to have a chance to make a real deep run. Number three for Matt, St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions. They're the class of the West, as I mentioned. Matt agrees. They've really established themselves as one of those top teams. Um, they've got the scoring on every line. Of course, we keep mentioning it. Tarasenko's out, and they're still doing well. They um they have a goaltender who we weren't sure if he was just a one-hit wonder in the playoffs last year and those final few months, but Bennington's just been absolutely fantastic. Rarely has a bad game. Even when he's not on his best, the defense is there to make up for it. And, you know, their style of playing, they keep every game competitive. So Washington Capitals, number one. Pittsburgh Penguins, number two. St. Louis Blues, number three for Matt's top three teams of the week. Jumping into mine. Look, it's a it's a little bit different order, but I have the same teams. Washington Capitals, number one. Um, just every area of the game, they're great. They're fantastic. Their offense is absolutely dynamic. Holtby is finally starting to uh, to dial in. He's getting into that elite status. Top special teams, both on the power play and penalty kill, goal differential off the charts. They're they're just going to be tough to beat. I mean, they're. They're having one of the best, quietest seasons in the in recent memory for me, at least as a hockey fan. So they're my number one team. My difference comes with two and three. I've got the St. Louis Blues still consistent, um, still winning games the way they like to. They're going to beat you up. They're going to score on you, and they're going to play tough defense. So 
They're my number two team. Number three, Pittsburgh. They just do it all despite the injuries. I mean, this is a team that they really should have been out of it earlier in the season. Um, just with some of the crazy injuries they've had. And yet, young guys are stepping up. Some additions that they made are, are starting to pay off. Um, as we said, Tristan Jari has been a great surprise in net for them. Um, and now Crosby comes back, one of the best players in the game. I still think he's top five in the in the league right now. And uh, he's been dynamic in his uh, just over a week back. So I have Pittsburgh as my number three, St. Louis Blues number two, Washington Capitals as my number one team this week. Jumping into our player of the week, we'll start with mine first. Look, I already mentioned his name. Dominic Kubelik uh, is my player of the week for the Chicago Blackhawks. Five goals, one assist in the last four games. I believe he is leading the league in goals for rookies. This is a guy who really has come out of nowhere. I mean, I think he's got over half his goals in the last two weeks. It's It seems like as he's gone, the Hawks have gone. And uh, my God, are they, are they playing well? So he is my player of the week. Going into, I think, one of the best stories um, of this last week, Matt's player of the week is Elvis Merzlikens, the goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Look, these these stats are absolutely incredible. Uh, three games last week, two shutouts, um, saved 107 of 109 shots. That's a 982 save percentage. As I said, the two goals allowed in three games. Um, <laughs> this guy is dynamic. He's really willing Columbus to have a great push, and you know, as they get into playoff position. This is, uh, this is a team that we talked about is being right on the edge, and he's helping them stay in it. Um, going past this last week, Saturday, January 11th, saves 27 of 27 shots at Vegas. I mean, this is a guy who in his last four games has three shutouts and let two goals in and a win in the other game. So he's just been fantastic. He is Matt's player of the week. And our game of the week, we'll start with Matt first. Uh, again, we mentioned it, All-Star break kind of starts Wednesday, so you've got games, I believe, through. I think you have two games on Wednesday, uh, a few on Tuesday. It's, just, it's a quiet week for games, but that doesn't mean there's a shortage to pick from. So Matt's game of the week, Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., the Pittsburgh Penguins travel to the Philadelphia Flyers, two teams who absolutely hate each other. I mean... There's never any love lost in this series. Philly trying to make a push to get into a playoff spot. Of course, we've talked um, you know, at length about Pittsburgh, how they remain competitive, and now Crosby's back. It's interesting. It's interesting to see the style that teams play as they're going into All-Star Week. Do they kind of take it easy? Do they ramp up the intensity, knowing that they've got a week off after this? These are two teams that really... Um, whether it's a playoff game or preseason game, they're going to play tough. They're going to try and bruise the other one up. There should be some fireworks, Matt says, um, and physical plays never at a shortage here. So a great game Tuesday night. My game of the week is also on Tuesday, 6 p.m., so just half an hour earlier. I got the Vegas Golden Knights at the Boston Bruins. We've talked about Boston all year. They're exciting. They're consistent. They're talented. Um, what more can you say about them? I mean, they're they're going to make a run in the Eastern Conference. Vegas, I don't want to say that they've been disappointing because that Pacific Division is is so competitive. I mean, you've got four or five teams, what, 
I mean, separated by five points, six points, maybe. Um, so Vegas wins a game that could be in first, they can be in fifth in that division. They're, you know, that's no knock on them. I don't think they're placement right now. They're a good team. They're consistent. Again, two physical teams getting ready to go into all-star break. Um, how are they going to play? What teams are going to show up? Should be an exciting Tuesday night of hockey with these two games. All right, so that's going to take us into, uh, as Matt calls, the signature segment of the podcast. That, of course, is Smith Hits, the betting segment, uh, as I talk about some of the you know, exciting tips and tricks that I have. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, a short week. So we're going to have four Tuesday games that we talk about um, just to make up for the, you know, the lack of games Thursday through Sunday. So pod picks 22 and 14 overall, um, you know, we're remaining above 500 by a decent margin there. So can't complain overall 40 and 34. We're hoping to bump that up to have a, an even bigger spread after this week. So let's jump into it. As I mentioned, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights at the Boston Bruins. Boston is at home. They're minus 145 on the money line. Look, I think the game's going to be close, uh, but take the Bruins at home. I just think, you know, whether they win by five or they win by one in overtime, I think they, they're a good value on the money line. The Winnipeg Jets at the Carolina Hurricanes. This is a team that I previewed, um, I want to say for a second, the Smiths hits maybe a month ago to um, surprisingly consistent teams, um, quietly remaining competitive and around that playoff position, um, those wild card spots in, in the East and West, respectively. Carolina's minus one and a half at home. Um, I think that's pretty, it's pretty standard when you're at home, but I think these teams are pretty even. I think Winnipeg with the points is good value here. As we mentioned, Hellebuck is having a great year thus far. You know, it'll be interesting to see how Carolina goes without Dougie Hamilton. Um, their offense wasn't overly impressive the other um, the other day in their Sunday game. So I just think Winnipeg keeps it close. Um, take them at plus one and a half. The New York Islanders at the New York Rangers. The, you know, the Islanders have been struggling a little bit so far. Um, they, they were 1-3-1 and one last week. They really were getting beat up on by the Rangers. I think they're going to snap it. I think they, honestly, I think they need to snap it and go into the all-star break with um, with a good taste in their mouth. Um, they're minus 125 on the money line, even on the road. And even with their struggles, I think it's good value. I think they recognize what they need to do, um, which is to, to have a good, you know, end of this part of the season and then hit the, the post-all-star break ready to go in that competitive Metropolitan Division. Final game, Matt's game of the week, the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Philadelphia Flyers. The over-under is at six. Um, I say take the over, and that's mostly because, look, Hart is a good goaltender for Philly, but ever since Crosby's been back, Pittsburgh has been putting up good numbers. Um, You know, again, they've got guys getting ready for the all-star break. It's a physical game, you know, a lot of a lot of traffic in front of the nets. I think goals are going to be scored. So take the over in that game. And those are going to be the four picks for the week. Of course, we'll throw out um, on the Twitter Puckhead Pod. That's our Twitter name, at Puckhead Pod. Um, some Wednesday night games. I believe there's two. We'll make sure to get them on there um, just because there is a shortage of games to to make some predictions on for this, this week with the All-Star break. So... 
that is going to be the end of this pod again. Um, Zach Smith, Matt Rosenberg out for the day, but we wanted to make sure that we get one going in. Uh, of course, when we meet next Monday and get this podcast out, we'll be able to talk about uh, the great all-star event, kind of recap some of our favorite moments, um, give sort of a, a good a good gauge of you know some of the changes that the NHL has made. Were they good uh, decisions? Were they bad decisions? What should they bring back next year? And of course, we'll see the the incredible play of of some of our favorite names like McDavid and McKinnon and um, and Pasternak and all those guys. So, for Zach Smith and um, virtually from Matt Rosenberg, this has been another edition of the Puckheads podcast. Have a great week.